This content is intended for adult cigar smokers age 21 and older. All right, Nick, good show. <laughs> okay. Uh, Greg's leaving to go take advantage of our brand new coupon code. Type in Long Ash all day Friday and Saturday, and you will receive 20% off your entire purchase. Some exclusions apply, but other than that, 20% off your entire purchase all day Friday and Saturday when you use the coupon code Long Ash. Nick, did you know I just got 20% off? Yes. I'm excited today. I can tell. The table's about an inch off the ground. <laughs> Somebody saw Just Six Underground. Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. That's really fun. <laughs> six inches underground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, we're going to get into it. But here we, we are. are. I'm going to stop introducing us. Everyone should know who we are. Hi, if hi, not, I'm Greg. <laughs> disregard what I said. I'm Secret care. Chris. <laughs> who are you, Nick? Say it. Say it. I hope the heating breaks so you just sweat and fill the entire room with sweat. It doesn't matter what year, time of year it is. <laughs> He's like Dan from Salt. You and you and Dan from Salt would get get along. Why? Because we sweat. He's like so excited. Winter is here. He has like I'm a big. Really he has a, He's he, wearing a t-shirt and everything. It's like it's freezing out and, and uh, he's Andy's almost like, like a, yeah. <laughs> like shivering. He's almost like a British Santa Claus if you look at yeah. him. He has like these rosy cheeks. Yep. <laughs> uh, he's gonna like that. He probably doesn't listen to this. No, he probably does. No. All right. Um, so, ha- Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Holiday. What did you get? Um, what did I get? I got Call of Duty. Did you? Yeah. How, I got, how I got is the it? controller, and I got the headset for my PC. Nice. Uh, I'm terrible. My reaction time as an old man has gone, gone down. A lot of camping. I only I play good, I do good in World War II now because all the good people left to go play Modern right. Warfare. So I'm just I'm, 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 I'm like in the middle of like a bunch of scrubs. So like I I break even. I do like good. not nine and ten rounds, ten and nine rounds. You know, uh, which is fine. Like, I'm, I'm fine. You get a kill streak every like fourth game. I'm you're playing. happy. Yeah, but only like the light ones. I just get like uh oh, you know, like a. Uh, what's the highest kill streak you ever gotten? In multiplayer, yeah, because I do the I do first the no, bots I, too. I, I, no yeah. multiplayer on, I'm, yeah, no multiplayer bots. like on, yeah. online. Yeah, um, probably I think I got mortar once, which is how many kills? Five, five or six. Okay, I mean, dude, on a on a in a good map like uh, Valkyrie with my shotgun, like I can I can get them, I can string okay. together a kind of. Um, I'm horrible in like Gustav's cannon, like anything that's long range. Right. I'm really bad at. Um, I'm okay with point two hawk. Don't know these ones. I didn't play World War Two. Oh yeah, but I'm with you. I play World War Two. I I get you with the map. Me and Anthony and Elise used to do like we would come home at like six o'clock. We would do like six hour zombie matches. Get to like level fifty. But we had to like it was a whole thing. You didn't just like oh here's our spot. Let's just shoot and like if we need ammo. No, we would have to run around. You got to get this pack a punch. Then you have to wait and then you got to go do this thing and then. By like level twenty eight is when we had everything that we needed. Yep. And we had our spot. Yep. And then we would go and like just. Oh, that was, was like it was uh, so much fun. I miss it so much. It was so much fun. World at War. Did you ever play World at War? Uh, yeah, I played World at War. I didn't really do the zombie. I did the zombies in Black Ops Two oh, and Black Ops the Three. The original zombies. World at War. The expansion pack. The, wait, the World was, at War was that the one? No, no. I think that might have been Black Ops zombies. One. No, I think Black Ops One was it the no. one with JFK and like in the no, in the War. White House. That World at War. Is that was World zombies. at War. No, know. World at War is first, and then Black Ops had JFK. They had the JFK zombies. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember playing it like before that, and like you know, you never got past like round five. Like you just suck. But when you have people who know what they're doing, and you do the well, whole right. thing, like we would get to like yeah. round fifty-five, fifty-six. That's oh. what one buddy and I would do. It was that so worked much together. Fun. It was so much fun. 
You had to like take pee breaks. Like you got to cover me. Like I had to go get peanut butter. Like it was a whole thing. Really? Oh, so we do. We, uh, we would have so much fun. Wouldn't you be dipping during this? Yeah, but I would dip, and then uh, you I'd know, never have to pee. Dude, when if I we're dip doing a six-hour match, up. it's a it's like you know an six hour. hours to get the level fifty-eight. Uh, maybe no. Oh, so we would start at like six thirty. We'd probably end around like eleven. So it'd be five hours to get the level fifty-eight. Yeah, dude. Really? I never got enough. Yeah, because because every round it gets you get more and more zombies, and then every round it gets harder and harder. So that, you know you really strain. And then if somebody dies, you try to revive. But got by it. the time we were in like like the late forties, early fifties, if I died, I'm just like. It was over. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm not okay. going to go. Then I have to go. I have to go all. Now, in you a harder to... round with more zombies, I have to go around. I have to get all the. Yep. So, usually what we would do is if I died, then I'm trying to come back. I'd like hide behind them. They would do it for the whole round. And then there would be like one right. zombie left. And at least would like take them around. Yep. And, and then like, you get your yeah. Things. And then I would yep. go get all my stuff and then come back. And usually then, in World at War. We had such strategy. World at War, you'd shoot the legs off and they'd crawl. Yeah. yeah or you would make a crawler. Yeah. Yeah. Make a, but it's it's with the guns we were using, they were powerful. Sometimes um, you try to make a crawler and you just right, kill the whole yeah, I know, and then it really ruins. And then we would have like uh, every so every like fourth round, like the hounds. There would be like ha- like these fire I dogs. Hate the hounds. I hate oh, the hounds. hounds were good. I know. I never hounds liked the dogs. Good. So very excited today. What we're going to smoke today? We are enjoying the brand new Monte Cristo Cinquenta. That's the, it's actually it's actually it's cinquenta. Well, cinquenta is the Spanish. Right. Cinquenta would be the Italian. Um, did I show you, did Anthony show you that chef, the Italian chef on yeah, YouTube? Yeah, you showed me. The that Italian guy is chef. great. Today we're gonna make the big Italian stuffing for the big holiday. <laughs> okay, that, guy, that guy's authentic. <laughs> he, he he sounds fake. It sounds so fake. But I so the Monte Cristo Cinquenta, <clears throat> celebrating 50 years of the uh, Tabacalera de Garcia factory in the heart of La Romana, in the Dominican Republic. Um, handcrafted by the Grupo de Maestros. Um, they might have to pull up the specs on. I do know it's an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. I think it's mostly Dominican, right? And I would I would assume it's there's there's mostly Dominican filler and binder, but we'll get a more detailed um, detailed stats on that. Craig's gonna pull it up. Um, so when did Altidus take over? Altidus, it's it's, it's a really weird did, history because it was did, like because I know there was a separation, of course, because we couldn't make we couldn't have Cuban cigars in the states. Al, Al, so Altidus didn't. I know what you're saying. I yeah. know Monte Monte Cristo started in the DR or no, no, in the Cuban. No, but Altidus wasn't. It wasn't like Altidus. It was like another company. There's like a really weird history, and then they got bought out by a Spanish company. And then the Spanish company got bought by Altidus, or maybe Altidus was the Spanish company, and then Imperial bought it. It was like a, it's a very complicated, it wasn't just like Altidus USA started making Monte Cristo. It was like, I I figured so. I mean, even the the DR version, like somebody else was making it, and then it got bought out by this guy, this guy, and this guy. Like, it's it's a session. Okay, so then going back to the factory, do you know how that all started? I guess that was probably 50 years, would put it at right around what? So, hold on. Uh-huh. Yeah, 1970? Right. Right around there? Okay. 1970, yeah, 69. So, right right after the embargo, I'm, I'm sure it's just a matter of people, you know, the, the maybe the uh, Pepe Garcia. I can't remember the, the name. It should be on here. It's usually on here. The, the whoever Fima was making Monte Cristos in Cuba when they left. I really wish I knew more about... It's just very complicated because of all the trademarks and all the copyrights and all that. To get a detailed history on some of these heritage brands post Cuba, it was you know very kind of corporate mergers and, and such. So it's tough to like pinpoint exactly what happened. 
But no, I'm sure it was just some post kind of Cuban embargo. Maybe the manufacturers of the original Monte Cristos in Cuba left starting the DR. It was then it was bought by these guys and then these guys and then by Altidus and then Altidus was bought by Imperial. That whole kind of chestnut. Um, were you able to pull up the specs on this? Yeah, so it's a um, Dominican binder and fillers from Dominican uh, DR and Nicaragua. So you're an yeah. Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. Yeah. <clears throat> so this was, can I have the lighter, please? This was almost named to our top 25 list this year. It was very, very close. It was close. The problem was is that we couldn't, A, we already had two Altidus things. It, it was a really good Altidus year. It was. Um, in fact, this and the Hispaniola, both, I would have been comfortable including both of those. What would you, com- sorry, bean path here, mm. but what would you compare the cigar to in our top 25? Like, because usually like what we were trying to, uh, not avoid, but like, if it was kind of like the same cigar-esque, we kind of. I would honestly say it's, 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 even though it's not, but in terms of the kind of complexity and balance, I would say it's probably closest to the H. Upman. Okay. And I'm not saying it's the same flavors, no. but I'm saying the reasons I love this cigar are the same reasons I love that cigar. It's not like it's overly rich, like a, like a broadleaf, or it has like a sweetness like the Tricky Traca. But in terms of like it's just very well balanced, there's a lot going on, but it's very subtle. It's not like crazy notes. They're right. all there kind of, and they, and they work together in concert um, and the construction. And it also there's just an elegance about it that I really put right on par with the, uh, with the 175th. Okay. You know? I have to get back into it because the story about this is when we first smoked this was smoking in the Carolinas. We were smoking this with the group at Maestro's, right? Yeah, and Rafael uh, Nadal. And um, not the coffers. No, not the coffin coffers. Um, so we had this, and then we had the Hispaniola. And we had the Hispaniola first? No, we had the Hispaniola second. Second. So I'm actually – but I, I've smoked it since then. But, um, I, yeah, I haven't had this since that day. Right. So, so – we would, I would have had to have, before we had included in the list, that might have been why, too. We didn't get them up here for right. reviews yet. I don't think it was even on the website. No, well, the bit, we'll get into that, but the big humidors were. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, let's take a look at this thing here. Going to get a little toasty toast, a little cinnamon toast crunch. Well, Chris, you started getting into it already. What, do you, what are you thinking? Um, I'm, I'm liking it. Um, and I'm just I'm trying to point out what flavor notes are coming to it. But it's very, uh, it's an easy smoke. It's very easy. Uh, what did I have yesterday? Oh, the Headley Grange. That was really, really spicy. This seems a lot more smoother than that. Okay. But um, obviously for different reasons, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you guys remember? Like, do you, was it memorable for you when you when you had? Very it? Oh yeah. Okay. We were. It was like one of those things. We looked at each other and we're like, "Get the f out!" Get of it here. like this. Like really? No. Come on. Which one do you like better, this or the Hispaniola? Because you had them back to back, that was. Uh, I mean, I, I think when it comes down to those two, it's not necessarily which one I like better. I think for those two cigars, it's a situational thing. I mean, this is a thirty-dollar cigar. Gotcha. So I enjoy the Hispaniola very much, but in terms of you know celebrating or like after like a hard day at work, I would probably go towards this. But I'm, in my lifetime, I'm probably going to smoke more Hispaniolas. Right. You know. It's just like just because of the cost, or yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like the these are also limited. And then it's just like the 175th. It's limited. So it's like, yeah, it's my baby. This is, oh it's just man. limited to Greg. Yes. <laughs> hey, you have half the freaking inventory. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. So you have I all make? 175 of them. 
<laughs> Can I get the lighter again? Yeah. So, yeah. We told everybody about it. If you didn't know, the 175th is my number one cigar. And when I see Dane this week, I'm going to tell him, like, oh, wait, you remember a box of those 175th? <laughs> we never got it in the mail. Greg know, was lying about that email. What? Yeah, I, don't know I, th- I think he's doing drugs. <laughs> Watching too much Six Underground. Were there drugs in that movie? There was no. drugs. So when you first light this up, and I'm I'm not I don't want to do I don't want to do like a review like oh I'm getting spice I'm getting this and that I want to talk about this cigar in a more in depth way. Monte Cristo is a, a elegant brand regardless whether it's you know one of our like the the African you know the uh, Afriques which is one of our in house brands or okay. Monte Cristo White, um, but there's there's certainly uh, an elevated sense of luxury in the Cinquenta and not just like a shinier band like the band just looks better they did it right it's like a hologram right yeah. <coughs> but it, it looks better it's, it's better put together you can tell by looking at the cigar nice sheen on the wrapper no blemishes it looks like Iron Man yeah oh yeah the band is very Iron Man-esque very red red and gold Sorry. the secondary band the 50 Years Tobacco de Garcia um, it, it looks like if you Honestly, it looks like how special edition Cubans are done. And that's what I think they were going for both with this and with the Upman is in recent years when Cuban cigars are releasing special editions or regional releases or anything like usually like limited like anniversary re- uh, editions, they release them like, oh, in a normal box of 10 or a normal box of 20. And they, you know, it's uh, a slightly different band with a secondary band. But then they also release these very exclusive, very limited, like high end, like humidors of. 50 for like 20 grand right um that's what they did here they released that we sold out of them quick i think we only i think we got like 10 in i think they, they were gone the the big humidors filled really of this mm-hmm. like the, a while ago the we, ellie yeah. blue ones uh-huh gone. the 10 grand ones ellie blue sold out you're gonna explain the ellie blue i was trying to okay. before you sorry got, before, I, i'm before just you got excited uh, wow that's fantastic. You're like, L.E. Blue. Is it sold out? Like, you cannot believe it. Wow. Um, they released, uh, I believe it was 50, 50 cigars. 50 cigars in the humidor. 50 cigars yeah. in the humidor. And I think they built 75 of them. Yes. So they built 75. So L.E. Blue, in case of those of you who don't know, I'm not even going to say L.E. Blue is like the Rolex. L.E. Blue is the Patek Philippe of humidors. I would say like... Uh, should I know that like, who that is? Patek Philippe is like two hundred thousand dollar, like, gotcha. but not like diamond encrusted. Like they're two hundred thousand dollar, like for like a simple, like when they throw their strap. Like there's just one of those. Like it works the best. Gotcha. Um, I say Ellie Blue is is a step even above luxury when it comes to accessories. Uh, and so their humidors are normally very expensive. So they created it was a limited edition seventy five. I think it was seventy five humidors. Yeah. Um. Packed with 50 of these cinquentas. I think it was a different size. Wasn't it a number two? I just saw on Half Wheel. You check Half Wheel. I'm going to check my Instagram because I, I think we might have smoked a number two version Because of this. there is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it actually came in a slightly different size and a different, different Vitola, as we say. It came in a... Um, uh, the typical Monte Cristo number two Bella Costa. Oh, it's actually it's being sold with each humidor containing a hundred cigars, mm. seventy-five units. So, but you got to figure at a hundred cigars at thirty bucks a piece, 
it's still only three thousand dollars for the cigars, and then you're paying another seven for the humidor. Right. But it was ten thousand dollars for the humidor with a hundred of these cigars in that special size. And uh, Lucre- Lucretia, yeah, Lucretia. She, she was the only person that mm-hmm. rolled those cigars. So, so if you guys have ever seen any kind of Altadis uh, content on our end or event coverage, uh, Lucretia is like they're one of their master rollers in the factory. Um, I actually, when I run, I went to the DR. And I, I won the uh, rolling contest. There was a, like, a bunch of the store so guys. It was her daughter. It was right? her daughter. was my teacher. Yeah. Uh, and I won a box of Monte Cristo Epics. Nice. I still have the box. I showed you the box. Yeah. I still have the box. It's gone. The cigars are gone, oh. but I still have the box. Um, so yeah, they did this in a very, very kind of Cuban-esque style release, which I really think is cool. Um, and it worked because like right. I said, I don't know how many we had. I want to say we had between five and ten when they were... Uh, release, but they sold out like they were gone. And I knew we had them because they were screwing up the price gauge on right. the website. Because all of a sudden there was like this one item for like $10,000 and it was yeah. screwing up how to, how to search that. for everything. But yeah, they sold out. And what I also like about this is just the presentation, even if you didn't get the LE Blue Humidor, just the presentation on the box. Um, it's like very elegant. Comes in nice, like little sleeve. And then you have the button on the front. To open it up, I don't like that. It's very susceptible well. It's the smudgy, very, sus- but like very right. susceptible, right? But now, are you enjoying this right now? I am. Not it's like this conversation, the cigar. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care how you feel about it. Like, oh <laughs> no, yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> um, no. It's uh, I do. It's a little spicy right now. Oh, I'm waiting for nice. it. My, but uh, I'm saying you, you kind of enjoy and you enjoying it overall. Yeah. This is what. From the finest Dominican cigars, this is I what I experience. Right. The Davidoffs, right. the Opuses, this is what I get. Yep. So I know you've had some bad relations with some Dominicans. Yes. Not people, cigars. No. <laughs> he's, he's, in not, a, he's in a turf not, war with some Dominicans. Frowned upon down there. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is what I like. Yeah, I, you haven't smoked a lot of Davidoff, have you? I. So I have... The late hour that I'm waiting. I've had the Winston uh, Churchill, which I did. I loved. I did love that cigar. Yeah, see, those are the Dominicans. Yeah, I know. I think it was just. I I just I don't know. I don't know if it's out this that one. I don't know if it's. No, I mean sometimes somebody you know their their flavor is more attuned towards their tobaccos of a different country, but what I'm just saying is like. The DR has enough variety where you can get something similar. To the flavors you like, right. in, let's say a Nicaraguan or something. You know what I mean? I think it's also because I was probably smoking so many, like Mexican San Andreas, Connecticut Broadleaf at that time. That that just kind of, and my palate wasn't established yet, too. So right. I was kind of like, really maybe good. the Fuente, and just kind of just didn't do anything for me. But I had the, I haven't had the Maduro one yet, the A five eight Maduro yet, which I heard is. Well, if I make Maduro, I mean, you can go get that now. It's no, I know. I have one. You need to have it on Yeho. Right. That's a hitter. It's that hitter, son. Right. Um, But no, I I really like what they did with it. Open this box for me. Sure. I don't want to get my smudgies on it. You don't think I'm going to get my smudgies on it? Yeah, but you're different. That's very nice. And do you know what uh, what, what these retail for again? Uh, I think it was... I think it was was 32? Yeah, like 32 per cigar, so... And they only made, I think, 8,000 boxes of these? Yeah, not much. They made 8,000 boxes. This one right here is number 1544. That's really cool. This is really nice. Yeah, box of time for 315. So we're right in the middle. So you're or at 35. Ab- yep. 3150. I will say cigar. this is 
I don't usually like to comment that much on price, but I'll just say I have spent $35 or more on several cigars in my life, mostly some Fuentes and some Davidoffs and some Padrones. Um, and this is up there. Like this, this can be included in those, in that. I agree. In that realm. Um, oh, it like clicks in the yeah, face. Yeah, it's nice. Too. That's great. I, I love it. I got. I, love, I like this box better that. than the uh, Upman box. I agree. But the Upman box, oh, you get like a jewel or something. With that. You get a coin. It's like. Uh, oh, so how many doubloons do you have? You have like thirty. You have a I whole have, chest full uh, of have, of treasure. It's like Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm, I'm rich, four. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rich, bitch. Coin. See you, right? I don't know. Chris? Wow, he's like a ninja. Wow. All right. Okay. It's so weird that he yeah. does absolutely nothing, but it's absolutely bothering us. It's absolutely essential that he's there. <laughs> Why is it bothering us? Should I text uh, him? <laughs> no, I, I think he might have gotten a phone call. No, his phone's right there. Did the did my chili upset his stomach? Did you give him chili? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why is it? I just want to have. But it's, like, it's definitely bothering you as much as it's bothering me, right? right. It's bo- uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's that's really why, bothering. So me. Chris decided to leave. We don't even know where he went. We, I looked to the right. I have an empty chair. It's like ghost. He just disappeared. But then I saw no. him. I saw him like stand up. I'm like, oh, maybe he's fixing his. Pa-. And then I look. Wait, and I look back like a second later. He's, he's gone. Totally gone. Completely. Like gone. didn't even see him walking away. Like we couldn't even acknowledge. Like, hey, are you okay? You going somewhere? Just totally so gone. What do you think he's doing? I think he's probably going to the bathroom. Yeah, that's what you think. I would hope, unless he just quit. I just feel bad. And he left it, his phone here I as just, evidence. <laughs> but if he was going to the bathroom, I would definitely take my phone. Maybe he's had to do number one. But he would have been back by now. Oh, there he is. Are you still recording or did you wait for me? We were recording, but we were supposed to talk about how you left and we were very worried about it. We, 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 we were sitting there and you, we, I look over <laughs> and I'm like... interrupt at all. No, I, I know. No, no, but, but we, we, <laughs> we were both very uncomfortable without you here for some reason. For some reason, you don't do anything. No offense. Not, I don't think that, that that's really bad. Sorry. You mean like, like you're, it's not like you, if you, you leave, like we have to shut down production is I what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Sorry. But we both <sighs> really, we couldn't go on without you. Like we didn't know what yeah, to we, do. It's very we, uncomfortable. Yeah. We just didn't. I'm really sorry. You guys were going for a flow and I had to run out. So. No, it's all right. No, no, no The flow was like, you didn't interrupt the flow because the flow was over. But we look, I saw you like kind of get up and then I'm like, oh, maybe he's like fixing his shoe. And I look away, I look right back and you're completely like, gone. like a whisper. You're gone. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like a shadow in the night. Yeah, you didn't give me secret Chris for nothing, you know? I, I, mean, I thought I thought it was. We like, felt really uncomfortable. Yeah, Sorry. like just don't do that again. You know, that's that's so. Let's let's bring this back now because when you and Anthony, so when Anthony was in my position and you guys would film weekly cigar roundup and stuff, it would just be you two, right? Yeah. There would be no one else. Yeah. But, and then with Alex for a little bit. Well, you had Alex later though. Yeah. But that wasn't weird. You know, so what I'm trying to say is, yeah, but we, like, no, 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 is but it like, weird because we have the whole light system? No, it's set weird because we got used to him being there. We, we've only done okay. this with him. Gotcha. You know? Well, I missed you. Thank you. I missed you guys too. All right. Uh, this is a very good cigar. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely classify it as nutty. Are you getting yes. nutty? Yeah. You get a little nutty? Nutty. 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 Little nutty, little nutty, nutty honey. Uh, so, what do you want to talk about today, Greg? Well, I want to talk about your newest block. Which one? The top cigar manufacturers. Six underground? Yeah. Well, we can get into that. But uh, the the ten was it ten or is it top? Best it's ten with uh, honorable mentions. Best uh, cigar manufacturers in the decade. Did you uh, print that out for me? Did I? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chris, you print that. <laughs> you print this? No, you don't have to get no, it. No, no, no. Did you? Uh, is it up? Is it up? Yeah, it's up. Right. It's up today, actually. I think. I'm just gonna go. No, it's up yesterday. No, no, please don't go. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's right here. I thought he was getting up. 
Where'd you go? Uh, oh, no. No, he I, definitely didn't print it. Oh, I definitely didn't. No. I'm just going to go to the uh, blending room from my phone here, because that's easy to do. Well, number one. <laughs> so I found, I found this list very interesting, because one being that I've only yeah. been smoking for, what, I would say a year, like really smoking for a year. Um, there's some people on there that I actually didn't even know that they were part of that company. And there were some that, you know, I liked your little honorable mentions um, because, you know, you did this because it was the past decade. Some yeah. people are on there that I had to do it. I had to that. do it just like this, the cigars list I did for the decade. I had to do it by absolute impactfulness. Right. You know, how it shifted, you know, social trends, social buying, social awareness, how it trended buying patterns. Um, and also how people... How it trended, it trended even, even manufacturing in terms of, right. like, the whole... Like, the reason AJ's on there. Everyone's been working with AJ. A lot of people working with Don Pepin. I and feel all, like, all. you know, <laughs> because I'm a big fan of Steve Saka, and I love his work and his cigars have gotten very highly rated, I made sure to include him as an honorable mention. But just compared to the people on the list and the, and the massive... Imp- and I think he was the first one to agree that he keeps his operation small so that we can yeah. keep consistency... Um, so in terms of impactfulness to the whole industry. But when you say, yeah, I guess you could say that for the other guy. I'm going to pass on what I was going to say on that. No, say it. Oh, I was just going to say, wouldn't you say he kind of impacted when the Ligas came out? When did the Ligas came out? In the, in that came out in 2007. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So wouldn't you put that more? But then you have Nick in there who also worked on it. Did he yeah, work but on they, it? that was also from the previous decade. Right. So what I'm saying is... I would include them He's probably a, in the... I, all right. I'm probably saying this in the wrong context of how you wrote it because you're looking at it, cigar manufacturers. I'm looking at maybe this blenders. So I'm saying as a blender, See, no, maybe I, I, that could is, be another this list. Is, this is also including like blender. Like this is mostly okay. actually all blenders. Right. That's what I'm saying. He probably, um, he probably defined the 2000s. You would yeah, say oh no, I would, like I said, I would include him in the previous decades. List. Right, that's what I'm, that's what but I'm saying. With. This list is not just like, oh, who made the we who made the best cigars of the past ten years, and it, it was nothing to do with best because it's it's hard enough to rank best on a year to year basis, much less over ten years. I agree. So I just went with in terms of impact and the impact that these individuals have had on the industry. Um, I feel like it was very profound, right? And and has altered the course of how the industry is moving, was moving, will move. Um, so, I mean, if you want to go through the list, ask me any questions or, or why I picked certain people. We don't have to go through the whole one if you don't want to. Well, but any, anything yeah, I mean, obviously, AJ, we all know why. Um, and I and Don Pepin, I, I definitely understand why. Uh, Pete Johnson, the same. Uh, let's go more because more of the Rafael Nadal one because so, we're, we're on the Altidus kick. So, Rafael Nadal, obviously, you know, the, the, the mind behind uh, Aging Room, which I always felt was very underrated. Um, they were like no, they, they would get in a lot of like top ten lists, and like they had a few cigar aficionado like top twenty five finishes, but just like no one really talked about him. And I think that's because Rafael is a much more old fashioned kind of guy. He's not like crazy. With, he's on social media now, but he's not like crazy with social media and like doing all these crazy campaigns and everything. He probably he keeps it pretty traditional. Um, but it was his moving moving over to Altidus USA and to Bacalera USA, you know, basically our our right. mother company. Um, and, the, and the decisions he's made there and the transitions they've made under his kind of eye that I think have made a huge impact. I mean, look at the cigars that have come out since he started there. I mean, basically everything with AJ right. has come out with, with him. Um, the Warhawk, both the Cinquenta, 
the H. Upman 175th, the H. Upman Hispaniola, um, the, a lot of work with Placencia, the Epic Craft Cure, which I think is still one of the best Monte Cristos ever and one of Placencia's best cigars. Um, he's definitely looked into the future, and he's also seen, and I want, I'm not saying this in a negative way, he's seen the limitations of having a global brand like a Monte Cristo that should be so many different things and having it only being made by one group in one factory. Right. It's just very limiting in what you're able to do. So he saw the potential in working with other people, Placencia, um, AJ, and uh, and these guys. And even um, Pepin Garcia for the Cabanas. That was all him as well. Right. Um, so he was a he was uh, it was cool to see his talents that I feel like uh, escaped many people working for Aging Room, which like just doing Aging Room, and his leadership and his more instead of just specific like blending practices, right. more big long term ideas and seeing the potential in things. Uh, I just think he's done an amazing job with Altidus. And where did he come from before that? Uh, I think he was a doctor or a nurse. He like worked in a hospital. Oh, no, really? he worked in like a, like. Maybe insurance. He works for like, a, like an accountant in a ho- something with the hospitals. Okay. And he's a classically trained musician as well. That's why you have all they're all right. the daydreams all like musical themed. Gotcha. Yeah. And then another one that uh, I thought was interesting and 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 I understand why you picked him is uh, Robert Caldwell because he definitely had that way of picking tobaccos that no one really used and made his own blends out of them pretty much. Yeah, right. Well, the whole Lost and Found series is cigars that are already made. Okay. They're already, they, they just either didn't have enough, or maybe when they first rolled them as like a test blend, they didn't work out that well, but now they've been sitting in some aging room. Um, he was like, he's like the, uh, he's going to hate this nickname, but I'm going to give it to him anyway. He's the millennial blender. If you look at just how his cigars are showcased and everything, like, you know, like the all the marketing and the, and the artistry and the branding behind him, he's the modern age guy. Makes sense. He is, and he also and he, he's done huge collaboration work. He was, you know, big part of Robert of uh, Matt Booth coming back. The T w- has been included in several. It's it's still in people's top ten list even two years later. And he worked on that with AJ Fernandez. Um, he did a, a big time. Re- it's one of those things where you know, Caldwell Swords might not be the best selling in every store, but anytime there's a new thing with like Robert Caldwell works with this person, it's a big deal and people listen. And he's right. and, and the hype he's able to garner around himself has been astounding. Right. For a guy, you know, who you know didn't grow up in a tobacco family kind of thing. Right. And then, you know, I'm gonna bypass some people because I know we've been talking about them. John Hoover at Crown Heads you had on the list, and then you had Mike and Skip from Roma Craft, and we can completely understand why why they're on the list. Yeah. But the other one was uh, that You've talked about a little bit, um, but I wanted to get a little bit more info on is the the Eladio 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 Diaz. I said it right. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I never heard. I never heard that name until now. So, you got to remember that not every blender is a Willie Herrera who's oh, like super right. famous, especially for a bigger company. So, like you know, when you when it comes to let's say general cigars, like you have Ricky for the CAO branch. Right. But you don't know who's blending Macanudo. You don't know who's blending Punch. You don't know who's blending General. You don't know who's blending Camacho. You don't know who's blending Avo. Right. With, with these big companies like yeah. that. I mean, you have the group with De Maestro, but that's eight guys, you right. know. Eladio. And then even the, even the same thing for, like, Romacraft. Like, you know, you have Skip and Mike, but Skip really, like, like Esteban Disla is the one who blends Romacraft. Right. They, make, they give him more props because they're a smaller company and they respect him. They've been with him a long time. Um, so it's really Skip and 
uh, Esteban that blend those cigars. Right. Um, he also did Gaimero is is just Esteban's like kind of side project. But um, Eladio is the the master blender and has been for a couple years for Davidoff. So everyone knows like Heinke Kellner is like the big name that everyone and he's a blender as well and he does all the big events and the big press releases. But Eladio's like quality control guy and he's the one coming up with you know a lot of these limited editions and you have to look it, it's hard to kind of find a company that has risen more and, and grown faster in the past decade I mean Drew Estate is you know absolutely huge now but they were already on the way to being pretty big in 2009 um, Roma Craft in terms of popularity has grown substantially and in terms of awareness but in terms of size they, they like to keep their operations small on purpose to you know keep quality control right. but Davidoff has exploded they've made a lot of money in the past couple of years and they've built all these stores now and these big super right. stores and all these limited editions and a lot of that is due to Eladio because he you know Davidoffs are always good Right. Even the original ones, the Anniversarios and the like the letter series like the series A's and everything. Um, the chateaus. But they were very what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to use the word mellow. They were very flavorful, but they were all kind of the same thing. Delicious, but right. Connecticut shade wrapper, this and that. He was one of the ones who instituted the Winston Churchill. I think he might have done the Millennium Series. He's the one who did the Late Hour. He's the one who did the Nicaragua and the Yamasa and the... What was the one, the Brazilian one? This, uh, it starts with... Escudio. Yeah. Um, that was him. He brought Davidoff into the modern era by making more complex, more full-bodied cigars reaching out from the DR and using a lot of Nicaragua tobaccos and different kind of tobaccos in the blends, really experimenting with different things and creating that whole, like, you know, the, the black label series instead of right. just the typical white label series. Um, that was all him. I mean, that's at least, you know, what we know right. of it, it, it is that was him. And, I mean, if you look at it, 10 years ago, we didn't even carry Davidoff. No one really did. Like you had it, it was like a very very strict thing with them. It was it was literally like seeing, like a Bugatti to see a Davidoff. Like they just weren't. It was very limited and hard to find. Now like most cigar places, you can like they're still expensive. They're still exclusive. They're still very good, but now they just become more available. And also, you know, it used to be that even for a small size of like the Chateau, it'd be like thirty dollars. You get the Escudio and all those expensive in terms of the uh, industry day, average, uh, but. Right. 15, 16 bucks for a Davidoff is like not bad. Right. And you can get a lot of those black label ones for around that price, 16, yep. 17 dollars for the Yamasa and for the Nicaragua. And they're some of their best cigars. Yeah. So I think that, uh, again, in terms of impactfulness, his work on those blends and really expanding the Davidoff portfolio has done tremendous work for them. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And then we uh, wrapped it up with uh, Nick Malillo. His was more, I feel like he's in a very similar boat to Steve Saka in terms of they've created amazing blends. Every year they're being talked about and they're being, and they're being highly rated. I, I put him there at the end of the list because I see Nick being the future of this industry. He's passionate. He's well-read. He's young. 
he has like the the heritage going back to you know he was born and raised in Connecticut. He's smart. He works with he gets along with everybody. Has great relationships with a lot of different manufacturers. I just see him being. I don't think he's ever going to want to create like an empire like a Jonathan Drew. Right. But I see him creating. As long as the FDA stays out of our way, like top notch, highly rated stuff for the next twenty years. Right. You know. Yeah. Definitely. Steve, like I'm not gonna say Steve ain't gonna do it. Our favorite cigars are, are Dunbar. Definitely. But just Nick being obviously like a little bit younger. Yeah. It just no, it know, makes all the sense. Steve had a whole life right before he even got into cigars. Right. I think he sold a business when he was like 25 or something, like or really? 30 years old, and like made that's how he made it. Like that, that's what gave him the luxury to be able to go into the, like cigars, and he would like be gotcha. one of the first guys to like, go on actual cigar tours where he would actually go like go to. Fe- in 95, like, no one was going to the DR to go to a cigar factory. Right. It was, like, weird. Like, why would you do that? Was, was it safe? Now it's, like, a tourist thing. Right. It's, like, a touristy thing to do. So he was afforded that luxury. You know, he had a whole life before cigars. Nick's life has been cigars for most of it. I mean, I think he started working in a cigar shop when he was, like, 20. So I, I, just, I see him just being the, the future. Right. Of the cigar industry, and so I think he's had a, a good amount of impact. Considering, you know, I think he's like in his mid, early forties, and he came out with Foundation in two thousand sixteen, two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. Each year they've been top twenty five somewhere. Each one of them. What is that bothering you? Well, you're gonna hear clicking over the. Oh, well, it's just a, it's a habit. It's a habit, I know. Um, from the Wawense to the Tabernacle to the Wise Man Maduro to Uncharted. The, the Uncharted to the High Clear Castle and the High Clear Castle Victoria, he hasn't had one cigar that I've been like, okay, this is all right. Right. I've plugged each and every one of those, and I think he's just uh, he's a visionary. Talk about visionary. I swear to God, if you that six underground, you segue to was. Goddamn movie was spectacular. You talk about it for a minute because I want to get some of the cigar going. I'm going to talk to Chris about it because he appreciates. Now he appreciates Michael Bay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now you do. No, no, no. Nah. Not now. I do. It, if you, if you make it, found glory. Like, yeah. It's not a newfound like love. I saw for Newfound him. Glory and I uh, met uh, Bamboozle. I met Newfound Glory. Oh yeah. And yeah, I'm my uh, my mother-in-law is friends with the lead singer's mom. I met them backstage at Warp Tour. Super jealous. Um, I could totally see you at Warp Tour with your I did it with, once. You, with your vans and your backwards hat. No on. vans, no. They fit weird. Baseball player, not a, not a skateboard guy. He was a skater boy. Go on. <laughs> I liked it. I, I I enjoyed the movie. It was basically. I enjoy him. I enjoy him. I just can't. When people say he's the greatest director of all time, that's where oh, I that, get a little. That, that's crazy. And Who I've, says that? I've, yeah, that's what I was just saying. Who at, well, says I went to that? People at film school are very. Very weird. Um, but people have said he's the, he's one of the greatest directors of all time. I was like, of what? Would you say he's the one of the best action directors of all time? I think he's the best. The best? Yeah. It's not like he made I one agree. action movie and was like, you know what? I'm out of here. People say the Bad Boys movies are some of the best movies out there, so he directed both of them. Transformers broke records at the time. The only other action director, well, I would say, is probably James Cameron. And James Cameron isn't like full fledged action. I don't think he's full fledged action. 
Michael Bay, I th- he has one gear, and it's <laughs> and it's car explosion, and it's, and it's sixth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's basically even though it's an automatic car, he looks he's shoving it in sixth. It's gear. basically if you combine all of Michael Bay's movies together and gave, cut out gave, any gave it a line of coke. Yeah, and then cut and out th- any kind of emotional dialogue moment yeah. and just pure adrenaline. And then and had then, a baby with the Deadpool movie. And yeah. then and then yeah, and then put Deadpool all over it. That's. That's what six. I'm going is. to, and I hate to be the nerd and the new age guy here, Chris, but I'm going to challenge you. I, when it comes to actual like making of money, we were, we were talking about this the other day about the Academy Awards. But I'm actually seeing fault of my own logic at that point because when you look at making money and that being some kind of verification, the Transformers movies, especially everyone except for the first one, they sucked pretty bad. They each made a buttload of money. Yeah. So yeah, I think. And I was the one who said that like making a lot of money on a movie should count towards it being considered a good movie or not. Well, that's under the same formula formula as uh, Paranormal Activity. Well, no, see, Paranormal Activity made a lot of money, but it was even more impactful because it was made for such less money that no, it's, agree, it's the highest netting movie of all time. always make more money than the first one. Like that's, that's yeah, because they had a fact. bigger budget yeah. to do. But I think the first one cost like ten grand to do, and they made a hundred million dollars yeah. on it. Was, it's still the highest, like in terms of net profit, right. the most profitable movie of all time. I would say best action director in terms of consistency. And I don't even know his name, but John Wick's one through three. You've never seen a three, like a, like a trilogy in a row that each one is getting better and better. Let's face it. Die Hard, Die Hard 1, amazing. Die Hard 2, eh. Die Hard 3, pretty good. Die Hard 4, uh, pretty decently but good. The Die Hard Five. Was pretty, was really the one with Samuel L. Jackson was pretty yeah. good. The, uh, it wasn't the guy for John Wick. It wasn't the guy who directed the Saw movies, was it? No, he's did he did uh he did um I'm looking it up for you. He did uh Atlantis, which uh Merman. What the hell is his name? Aquaman. Oh, uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah. Merman. <laughs> Merman. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Merman. Like the Family Guy. Oh uh, no, that was uh, James Wu, I think. He yeah. Did, yeah. He did. No, he did uh Aqu- Aqu- uh. Aquaman. Aquaman. No, <laughs> it's you're like Aqua Aqua. Oh, man, Chad Stalisky. Let me see. He did John Wick, The Matrix. He did the stunts for that. Yeah, no, they, they were stunt guys. They were stunt guys. Yeah, both of them. The other guy was a co-director on the first one, and then produced the next two. And that's the guy who directed Deadpool two. Was the is the co-director. I'm trying to see where he was a director on. So that was his first. That, John Wick was his first movie directing. Right. All, all I'm going to say is Michael Bay fans. They, uh, some of my closest friends are Michael Bay fans, and they stick with him to the very. Oh yeah. End. There's there's three classifications of like a good movie in my mind. There's so there's like uh, Nicolas Cage seasons of The Witch, where it's so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. There's Nicolas Cage, like, The Rock, where it's, like, like uh, not the best movie in terms of, like, all the details of like, what makes a great movie, but phenomenal movie. Like, I love The Rock, and not, like, sarcastically, like, I legitimately love The Rock. Yeah. And then there's, like, Nicolas Cage, like, Leaving Las Vegas. Like, overall, fantastic movie from script, dialogue, cinematography. To his acting. Yeah, His acting. acting was really good. So those are the three classifications. Michael Bay, I don't think has hit that top tier of, overall, this is just... A well-directed cinematography, excellent dialogue, drama, like Academy Award-winning 
kind of movie. He's gotten the first two. He's gotten so good it's bad, and he's gotten like this is just an awesome explosion boom. Now, does movie. he write his scripts too? Or is he just no one writes on? his scripts? No, there's no he's script. Just director. He directs. Not just not just right. director. That, you know. And he's the executive producer on Jack Ryan. Like that. Yeah. But so this director for John Wick did all the three John Wicks. He has upcoming projects. So I can't take this guy doing this a series of John Wick as one of the best action directors yet. I can absolutely. Not not on just John Wick. Uh, bad dude, boys, you bad find boys me too, the Rock. First of all, but no, no, no. Like, no. We got to be real. Like we got to be. We got to be realistic here. If you're looking at any kind of critic score, all those film series, Transformers, um, Bad Boys, like let's face it, we love Bad Boys too. Oh, so good. In terms of like, think of you as a film school teacher. Would you say Bad Boys Two is a great movie? Absolutely. You know, you, you know you wouldn't. They invade Cuba. Like you know you wouldn't. If they got rid of that last part, if they got rid of the la- the climax of the movie, no, the, the climax was getting getting the cash. If they got the guy flying out of there on a helicopter, did a full like face off boat scene, I would have been I would have been fine with that. It also depends if you're gonna break down film school. Like it depends on what you're teaching. If you want a guy who wants to be like a Martin Scorsese or a Ford Coppola, you're not gonna show him scores uh, but also Bay movies michael bay is good for like if you want to do action movies but I'm, what i'm saying is like the uh, john wicks one through three have all the best element they have the best action scenes ever filmed the best choreography ever put together for a movie um the most realistic depictions they have drama they have good dialogue they have good vil- and each one over because you everyone you knew the first one was like a sleeper hit you're like oh, john wick two's gonna suck like come on it's going to be like a thousand guys. It's going to be stupid. John Wick 2 better than John Wick 1. John Wick 3, they're like, no freaking way. He's riding a horse in New York City. This movie's going to be stupid. Better than John Wick 2. Thanks for ruining it. What? I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, it was in the trailer that he's riding a horse well, in New York City. I didn't City. see that. Oh, you didn't see the trailer for it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack on this because you're looking at it as really breaking this down, which is fine. That's, that's you. Well, you wanted to break it. You want to you play with the big boys. You got to put on your pants. Uh, no, I'm going to sit there that I look at it as entertainment. I look at it as entertainment too, right? But I'm just more serious about what entertains me. Yeah, that's a sh- that's that's. I, listen, that's, I, that's I'm crazy. entertained by Michael Bay. I am, but the ability he has not done a, a series of movies where the second one was better than the first one ever. Bad Boys Two. I like Bad Boys One better. Oh, Bad Boys Two was so much better. I like Bad, Bad Boys, Boys One better because I actually got to ride in that Porsche in real life. Oh well, yeah. that's not. That's, that's cool. just because you rode in the Porsche. That's, that's pretty cool, though. Right? Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, you know. If you got to ride in the Ferrari from Bad Boys well, 2. Unfortunately, they can't make The Rock 2. They could. They could. Sean Connery's not there, though. I think he's dealing with Alzheimer's, right? He's just old. He survived because uh, he lives in like the Bahamas now when they had those hurricanes last oh. year. He survived. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, Walmart. How's oh, your bowling arm? The floods. <laughs> the floods. <laughs> no, like Armageddon got terrible reviews. Love Armageddon. Cried. Love Armageddon. Oh, yeah. No one glue oh, my yeah. eyes. Ben, Benny A. I want to... Can you, can you Google this for me, Chris, really quick? Or are you in the middle of Googling something? I was looking at Michael Bay's discography because... Oh, can you... His discography? Discography. Well, no. Yeah, for film. Filmography. Filmography. Sorry. I was like, can you just Google what is his highest rated film? I want to say he probably hasn't it's probably passed... But I want to say he probably, he probably hasn't passed 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what I'm going to guess. Dude, but like, all right, really quickly, I'll look that up. But like Bad Boys in 95, The Rock in 96, Armageddon in 98, I'll skip Pearl Harbor, 
Thank um, you. Bad Boys Three in two thousand three. Like that's a solid lineup in eight in eight years. Bad Boys Two, you mean? Bad Boys, uh, yeah. Sorry, Bad Boys Two in two thousand three. No, like I said, they're good Transformers movies. Transformers in two thousand seven. Like I, I, well, I, this is I'm gonna the take Island. myself out of the running because uh, first of all, like the Island was not a good movie. The Island was a great movie. I'm taking myself out of the running because I do not like Shia LaBeouf and I hated the Transformers movie. So I will say I have a personal prejudice. So I'm gonna take myself out of the out of the conversation for that. I feel like all the Transformers movies stunk. But that's again personal prejudice. I don't believe in Rotten Tomatoes anyway. It's just like I don't li- I don't like Tobey Maguire, and I was never a huge fan of those Spider-Man movies. That uh, was terrible. What what I said or no? Tobey Maguire's terrible. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think yeah, Tobey Maguire's terrible. Never ever Spider-Man. Probably a super nice guy. Oh sure. But like, hundred <laughs> percent. Terrible, terrible. As oh, I guess I'm gonna be Peter Parker. Like, first of all, you're thirty. Yeah. I supposed to be in high school. It wasn't good. Mm. I feel like those mo- like the second movie was good right. with uh, Doc Ock and everything, but like he's just he's not a good actor. I hope, I, he's, I hope, he I hope love, he's on our one celebrity that listens. Yeah, right. I love. Tom oh, Holland I really now. liked the Long Ash podcast, but not anymore. <laughs> You're on your point with your impressions today. Yeah, well, he's an easy one to do because he's a doofus. Uh, Why are you whispering? <laughs> so in case he's listening, I don't <laughs> like want him to hear. Oh no! Um, Armageddon is his highest-grossing movie with 553 million. Is that first what of all? Not, not highest-grossing, highest-rated. Oh, highest-rated. Yeah. Highest rated Michael. I think it's going to be a Bad Boys movie in the 90s. I would maybe say The people Rock. Are uh, the Rock was the highest, and it was like 66%. That's it? Yeah, but that was Rotten Tomatoes. Like I said, I don't believe in that. I, I think it gives me a good baseline. There's very rarely a movie that has um, like, a, like a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes that I like really, really like. Between 40 and 60 is usually like when they give it a bad review, but like I'll still enjoy it. Bad Boys not even showing up on Ryan. So, I'm, but I'm, and by the way, I'm only doing it for movies he directed, not movies he just produced. Because like, he produced, well, yeah, of course. he produced that new uh, Transformers: The Bumblebee movie, and that got a really good review. Yeah. So let's see. So Transformers: The Last Night, fifteen percent. Um, Thirteen hours to get of Benghazi, fifty-one percent. That only got fifty-one percent. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, Age of Extinction, eighteen percent. Pain and Gain, fifty percent. Well, that was terrible. Darker the Moon, thirty-five percent. Revenge of the Fallen, twenty percent. Transformers original, 58%. The Island, 40%. Bad Boys 2, 23%. Pearl Harbor, 24%. Uh, Armageddon, 38%. Um, The Rock, 66%. So this Rotten Tomato score has critics reviewing this as well? Yeah, it's all all critics. Yeah, that's why I don't believe it. Uh, He did produce a movie called Ouija, Origin of Evil, and that got... uh, Dude, he has not directed the only movie he's directed that has gotten like a like a fresh rating, which is like I think uh, sixty or above, it's was the Rock. the Rock at sixty six. I don't believe it. Oh, he also did that show, The Last Ship. I remember that when I was on. It was like on like yeah. TNT or something. Yeah. That TNT. Was that was like the exact same movie as uh, Battleship, right? With uh, two fi- the kind Harvey of, Dent, kind of Harvey Dent, yeah, and Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, Rihanna was in that. Was she? Yeah. Hmm. Again, love him. I love Michael Bay. Uh, he can keep doing whatever he's doing. I, I'm, I'm watching. It's like it's like saying this. This is my example. You know, I love Nick Cage. It's a great example. You know, yeah, you know, I love Nick right. Cage. Beyond. It's a great example to call Nick Cage like the greatest actor ever. N- I I wouldn't. But at what point did you think he was? 
At no point did I think he was. Really? Well, I wasn't like watching him when he did like, you know. Well, Moonstruck. Mo- Mo- yeah, Moonstruck came out in like the mid 80s. I wasn't around there watching film. By the time I really started to understand film is when he started, like it was, it was right around National Treasure, which I loved, but then he started to do like The Sorcerer's Apprentice and then like Bangkok Dang- Dangerous and like a bunch of straight to red box movies. <laughs> um, do I think he's amazing? Yes. Are he, is he in some, I mean, Face Off. How, how do you even think of that idea for a movie? That's yeah. genius. We're going to trade... Faces. It was a great movie. Yeah. And what I what I liked about it is you had John Travolta acting as Nick Cage. Right. But then you had Nick Cage acting as Nick Cage. That must have been a crazy freaking set. Dude, apparently he came with John Cassavetes too. He came one week from doing Con Air. He had like no, he came like two days from doing Con Air and went right to the set of Face Off, and apparently the first film, the first scene that they filmed was like the boat chase and like ending Face Off at the end of the movie. So they automatically had to like be in their character of like the other guy. Wow. Dude, crazy. Cra- I think that movie has like a 90%. That's, a, that's, that's John Face Woo. Off. That's classic Woo. Yeah. John Woo, I would put up Best Action yeah. Directors with the doves, which they totally ripped off in Six Underground. You see in the, in the Florence, you know, the, the doves are flying and nah. like it hits that. Remember the lady who has like the baby? Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to hit her. Like the doves are flying. The dove like hits the lady in the face. That's like John Woo always had doves and like pigeons flying in his uh, movies. Really, really analyze the crap out of this guy. I'm a film guy. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, I want to say I'm one of the leading people who understands film who, have, who has never studied film. I never took a single film class. Chris is a little impressed. To say. One of my film classes, okay. I watched Seinfeld the whole entire semester. Oh my God. It's great. It's great. So it was a it was a class about nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bada ching. That was good. I got all my college like classmates to respect Seinfeld because they never heard it before. They never watched well, it because they're freaking Floridians. Yeah, I know. I was Floridians. like, well, you're, you're missing out. Okay. There's a balance when it comes to good movie. What I hate is I hate things that are like stupid, artsy for like artsy sake. Like I hate like Lars von Trier movies. <laughs> Yeah, because they're just so weird, Creepy. and it's like, oh, but it's like all about demons and depth, and I'm like, this is just, this is, like, that's what was that? Oh, they, my, 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 I had a, I'm not gonna say his name, but there was a friend in college who was like, like the weed guy, like everyone went to him for that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm not gonna say his name, but he was like super into like that, like we're well, gonna right, watch right. this crazy. He made us watch the Tree of Life. Oh God, you know about it, right? Yeah, I couldn't get stupid. That. The stupidest movie I've ever seen in my it's life, wild. and it's it's. Now it's called, like, oh, one of the best and Brad films Pitt's of, of one of my the favorite decade. actors, and I couldn't even get through yeah, it. Yeah, it's got, like, Brad Pitt. It's, it's one of those things where, like, everything is just cut together, and it's supposed to be, like, because of, like, art. It's, like, like a movie collage. You're right. It was stupid. It was very stupid. It was bad. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Tim Burton. Depends on which movie. When he got, when he got started getting into his zone of just, like, Helen and Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp every other minute, I'm like, okay. Yeah. But, like, Not Me Before Christmas is great. Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp is great. Yeah. Batman. Not, not a Batman wasn't that good. Ever Scissorhands? That 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 I can get. You didn't like Batman? Not that one. What about Beetlejuice? Oh yeah, Beetlejuice is good. Best. Uh, that's his best movie in my opinion. Right. Beetlejuice might be his best movie. Although Batman with Jack Nicholson is is pretty good. For the first. Oh, the f- he did he did do the first one. Yeah. 
Oh no, uh, Batman Returns is just like I fun. Batman Returns. Batman Returns is like a fun. Christopher Walken's in it as like some weird guy. Yeah, it wasn't. Good. It was just it's a cute. It's cute. Yeah, the first one. I the forgot first he did one, the fir- I forgot he did the first one. I mean, Michael Keaton, dude, you got to remember for like that time when there wasn't superhero movies really, and the ones that there were were bad. Like that was the epitome of like a deep, like more adult version. Like there was a lot of murder and shooting and right. very grim. And things before that, that Michael Keaton, all he did were comedies. Yeah, and one really creepy. Like thriller movie, who was like an obsessed like apartment tenant. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like he was like a creepy guy, like wouldn't leave an apartment that these people were like renting him. So he like got all, but he was like a Not stalker. Eight millimeter. Not eight millimeter. Another uh, another Nick Cage. No, what was the Robin Williams one? A uh, one hour photo. One hour photo. Eight millimeter. <laughs> That's you, the film version snake of Snake Eyes. <laughs> snake Woo! Eyes. Let's get deep. That was that. Okay. Let's get six. Let's get six underground. So I'm gonna talk to my wife later like that. You want to get six underground? Six more like more like four and a half. But uh. <laughs> uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta finish up here. Oh, do we? Yeah. All right. Oh, snaps. Yep. So um, this was fun. We should do more of these like this. A little cigar I think talk. We, well, little, I think what we fun. need to do is um, we need to get, get topics. Pick, let's pick a movie. That's coming out soon, or and I'll actually, or one that's maybe I can go and just rent, and you've already seen, or something like that, and we'll. Uh, I've already seen them. I know, but you got to give me catch up time. Greg, I need catch up. I've already seen them. Not catch up. Catch up. I've already seen them all. Not, ca- not catch up. Catch up. Catch up. <laughs> hey, why can't Waldo bench press at the gym? Because, <laughs> because his dumbbells are not red and white. Okay. And on that note, thank you very much for watching, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. Make sure to pick up your box of the very limited Monte Cristo Cinquenta. Fantastic cigar from uh, Altus USA. Available on our website, jarcigars.com. See ya.